Welcome to the 13th and final episode of 13 Ways to Lead with your host, the 13th Command Chief Master Sergeant of the Air National Guard, Chief Master Sergeant Maurice Williams. Our featured guest today is the Air National Guard Command First Sergeant, Chief Master Sergeant Aaron Dent. I'm Master Sergeant Eric Gallion, and today's episode is about leading by being fearless. The virtue of courage is not the absence of fear, but doing what's right despite the presence of it. Uphold our Air Force core values and virtue of courage by always exhibiting a no-fear attitude. It's okay to be concerned, but fear of failure must be a non-negotiated principle of your leadership that's instilled and embraced by your team. Fearless leaders don't wait for others to rescue them, they take action. Chief, the floor is yours. Hey, today is just no fear in the room today. That's the way we're going to start off and have some good conversation, enjoy ourselves. Uh, like I said, the guest today is uh, Command First Sergeant for the Air National Guard. Hey, I'm going to kick it over to you and let you tell a little bit about yourself, tell a little bit about your background so our listeners can get, kind of get an understanding of who you are and uh, where you come from. All right. Thanks for that, Chief. Uh, first of all, good morning and, and thank you for inviting me. Uh, to be on this podcast as a member of Team 13 is truly an honor and for it to be the 13th episode uh, <laughs> that, that's even better uh, so uh, once again I am the command first sergeant for the Air National Guard uh, with the awesome awesome job in itself originally from uh, Cleveland Heights Ohio joined Reg Ave come straight out of high school uh, enlisted as a C2 battle manager com uh, command and control battle manager uh, been in various assignments, both uh, overseas and stateside. It's been an awesome career thus far. But I would say my, my, my leadership capstone is really my time in a joint organization. We did uh, counter-narco-terrorism work for uh, Central and South America. And there I got to grow both personally and professionally. Personal standpoint, I met my wife while I was serving in that organization. Uh, and we've been married for 13 plus years now. I have a six-year-old son, Hunter. He's also... Um, a leadership challenge for me, I would say. Right, right. Um, but it's been it's been pretty good. Cut my teeth there as a additional duty first sergeant. That's kind of what uh, took me on the path of, of being a first sergeant. And also, I uh, switched over to the Air National Guard late in my career while I was at that organization, and then career kind of just took off from there. I find myself here with you. Okay, all right. Well, good deal. You know, you mentioned about operating in joint operations. And, you know, within different services, we have different cultures. And I think some cultures of our military, we view them a little harder than others based on their mission set and what they do. And we need those different cultures for us to be successful within DOD and as a nation. Can you elaborate on the different styles of leadership you've seen within those different services? Oh, definitely. I think that was one thing that why I say that's kind of my leadership capstone, right? So you, you work with every different branch of service uh, within DOD to include the Coast Guard. And every one of them has their different cultures, their different personalities. Uh, along with that, you have different uh, OGAs, other government organizations that you that you work with also. Uh, so And they all have their different styles, cultures, and personalities. Me being a, a young Air Force guy coming in at the time, I really had to adapt to the different cultures and understand that it's not about the Air Force way, it's the best idea that goes forward. So it doesn't matter what branch of service or what person it comes for, and that includes rank. It's about 
the best idea going forward for the mission and for the individuals that are going out conducting that particular mission. So got to be open-minded. You know, as we look at fearless, people think about courage and being bold in environments. And some people take the fear as being overbearing. But, you know, I was reading some leadership principles that the senior list advisor to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, the highest enlisted person in DOD, uh, C.Z. Lopez, Mm-hmm. And he called it carnivore leadership professional development. He called silver bullets for effective leadership. And they asked a question in here. He explains about why he, what is a carnivore? And he said it originated, he got this idea for this title because it originated when he was a young pararescue, para a young PJ, attached to a SEAL unit, and they categorized people either carnivores or herbivores and he said to be referred to as a carnivore meat eater it meant that the person was dependable loyal dedicated skillful teammate unquestionable mission focus and they were the go-to people that acted decisively in absence of orders then he talks about the herbivore he said they were referred to as the grass eaters meant that people were unmotivated, unreliable, always dependent on someone (laughs) else to take the task. They were the oxygen thieves. (laughs) And problems of the organization, disobedient, and carrying A3 bags full of excuses. You know, and I just want to refer that being that, you know, he was operating in a joint environment, but I look at, hey, when you leave fearless, you wanted to execute. Correct. You know, you want to be that meat eater. Correct. You know, no excuses, nothing to be had. That builds that team. That builds that morale. You got to be executing on it to move forward. Throughout your career, have you ever, can you, do you know someone that you look at as a meat eater, I would say, uh, in your interaction as a leader? A lot of them, Chief, I would say. I, I've been blessed to have a lot of great supervisors first line supervisors and just leaders i've gotten a chance to work with over my career and that's been consistent to this day and they they've given me a multitude of examples of what it is to be a fearless leader a carnivore per se um when it comes to dealing with tough challenges personally and professionally i've seen some of my great leaders stumble and get back up and get after it and i've seen some of my great leaders also make some tough calls Mm -hmm. right that that others may kind of shirk at and, 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 and stumble in, within the moment. So uh, I've had a lot of great leaders. Uh, I think the biggest examples I see with that fearless leadership uh, is the ability to to correct airmen that are going on down a bad path mm-hmm. and, and stick with them, right? So it's easy to give up on somebody. Right, right. It's easy to say that, hey, you, you've, you bump your head once, twice, three times, I'm done with it, and not put in the effort to turn somebody around. Right, but when I've seen, you know, to me, some of the great leaders I've seen, that fifth time that airman's bumped their head, they're still willing to turn them around. They know that that airman has something in them um, that's worth saving, right? That's mm-hmm. worth getting after. And they put that time and intention into that person. It's easy when you have a top flight of individuals, yes. right, yeah. to lead in that environment. But when you got airmen that are struggling, whether it's personally or professionally, and you got leaders that are willing uh, to stand in and help them out, direct them when they need to, um, be a little bit more candid when they need to, 
and be a little bit more personable when they need to. Those are leaders to me that are, are fearless because that's not easy to do. It takes a lot of time and effort. You know, as you said, hey, about someone, hey, going through bumping their head a couple of times to get to that fifth time, you know, it reminds me of a quote from Les Brown. He said, as long as you can look up, you can get up. So you got to constantly keep keep striving forward. And that's some of the things I talk about, too, when I'm out there talking to, to airmen and I talk about empowerment. I say, hey, make that decision, pivot, make another decision. I always use the term calculated because we want to take calculated risk that we put something in there to think about it before we do it. But, hey, sometimes it just don't work that way, but we still got to keep keep driving. And I like the calculated piece. When I think about fearless leaders sometimes, uh, the fear is more is not necessarily maybe the task at hand, right. but something about you that you fear within yourself that maybe, hey, I'm not I'm not dedicated enough to get this done and or I'm not smart enough or I may not have enough talent, whatever the case may be. The calculation piece is thinking about, hey, what's making me fear, fearful about the situation and tackling that? Right. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to have other situations that are common to whatever you're dealing with in life that you can use that experience of, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of public speaking. Am I really afraid of public speaking? Or is it that the information I'm talking about, I'm not sure about, so that when I get up in front of people, I'm not sure of myself. Right. Right, so all right, well, what's the information? Well, I'm, I'm gonna study more, right? I'm gonna take time to know the information like I know myself, and in turn, I think you become a better public speaker in this analogy, right? So you gotta think about what you're fearful of within a situation, get after that, and then get back out there and give yourself grace as you're going through it. Like you're right. not going to get it right the first time. That's and that's right. okay. None of us are perfect. As long as, like you said, you're calculated about it and you step forward and you get after it. Yeah. You know, I was going to refer back to CZ's uh, Silver Bullets. And one of them he has is, and this kind of threw me off a little bit because I say this, hey, you got to manage your time. He has one, he says, time management is a waste of time. Concentrate on action instead. He said, effectively, managing five minutes does not give you 10 minutes. What you do in these five minutes is what truly matters. So executing on that thing, right. you know, and, that's, and that goes back to, hey, taking some calculated risks and moving out on it within that time period, what you have to, you know, make some results on the back end. Yeah. You know, constant driving. So, you know, I heard you talk about a little bit about uh, you have a son and your interaction with your son. Are you helping him to be a fearless leader? Because, you know, we got someone with the young kids, too, which you got the same struggles. <laughs> <laughs> I would say for my son is it, we talk a lot. Well, he talks a lot. Right. And I, and I listen. He, he asks a lot of questions. And uh, one thing is just giving them examples. Right. Put him in situations where he has to try harder than normal, I would say. Uh, you know, I, I love running. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I take him out running sometimes or we go hiking. Right? Right. So and it's sometimes we, when we used to live in California, we would hike up these hills and they're pretty steep hills. And he would get halfway up the hill. He'd get tired, but he wouldn't give up and he would go through it. And him at the ripe age of six when he's challenging school, when it comes to math and or reading, he looks back to the, looks back at those times and he tells me, he's like, hey, you know, hey, Papa, you know, I remember when I had to walk up the hill and I didn't think I can do it, and I did it. It gave him a, a bit of courage, mm -hmm. right? And then it gave him a, a mindset of I can do. I think with any kid, give, put them in situations where they can, where it tests them and it, and it grows them from a positive perspective, right? And I think that's the best thing you can do as a parent. 
Uh, and another thing is just talk talk to them about some of these things that we experience. I think whether you are a, a six-year-old or a 70-year-old and everybody in between, the conversations we have when it comes to leadership and personal and professional development are valued. And I think sometimes we, we, we stray away from them, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know how the person is going to perceive it. Uh, we don't know if we're saying the right thing or saying it at the right time. Uh, we question ourselves out of ha- having those conversations. But um, don't be fearful of them. Take the opportunity to talk to the people that you, you want to revect or you want to help out, whether you know them or you don't, and, and go forth and do it. Don't, don't be scared to do that, right? So I think that goes a long way. And, and it's going a long way with my son. And, and the same thing with my wife. We, we talk about, you know, hard subjects all the time. I think sometimes we as just human, it's, it's nature. We stray away from them, but we try to tackle those things and have it. So utilizing those communication skills you talk about, talking with your son, talking with your wife. Now, did you develop that? Is that something you did with your parents growing up or is something that you learned to do later on based on your life experience? I think a combination of both, Chief. From childhood perspective, great parents. Uh, I'm a daddy's boy at heart. Grew up with my father and we had a lot of just great conversations. So he he helped me to talk through things and, and just kind of be patient and talk through emotions. You know, right? mm-hmm. and, and as as men, sometimes we forget that. As people, we forget that, I would say, on a broader perspective. So he helped me kind of talk through that. And just being a first sergeant, getting an opportunity to work through people at the highs and lows in life, talking with them, um, and, and truly listening, understanding what their concerns are, and then trying to help them out help me build my communication skills and help me not be fearful of tough conversations. So I think from a first arm perspective, that helped me be better from an operations perspective and have those uh, tough conversations with leaders at times that uh, maybe we didn't see eye to eye. Uh, so how do I influence those, those conversations? How do I continue to work on it to build and understand that one conversation is just not gonna get it done sometimes. It's just like any other relationship. We got to build on conversations, build trust amongst each other, and work through the situation. So, but the first step in that is is, is starting. Now, you know, based on your background, uh, working in a joint environment and as a battlefield airman, and being a first sergeant, how do you transform from that operational leader that got to think like that carnivore? I think you continue to say the same things. You just say them in different ways. Right. So you still have the same leadership philosophies. You still have the same passion behind what you do, but you communicate it differently. Right. I always used to say as a first sergeant, I'm going to go talk to my intel and operators and maintainers and security forces and logistics folks and HR folks. Everybody's going to have the same words, but said differently. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they're different cultures. They're different environments. And we got to respect that. You know, so I try to meet people where they're at and not change me. Like, I'm going to continue to be me, but I'm going to deliver a message um, to cater it to my audience, right? So I think two things on that is be consistent, number one, and, and even bigger than that, be yourself, right? Like, like you got to come into leadership conversations and, and situations being you. You can't be somebody else. I'm not going to handle things the way Chief Williams is going to handle them. Chief Williams is not going to handle things the way Chief Denton handles things, right? We are our own selves, but we both have the best intentions in our hearts for our airmen and the people we're talking to, right? So be consistent, but be yourself. That's where it goes to uh, sometime where, of course, you hear me say it within the team all the time. Uh, hey, say, hey, Let's stay in our strength zones over yes. here. Hey, <laughs> well, I, we could be riding the car and somebody starts singing. I say, hey, get out of there. That's not your strength zone. Right, right. 
And I, I like that point when you when you talk about staying in your strength zones, because I think sometimes when we get out of sight of our strength zones, or I would say our comfort zones, mm -hmm. that's where that fear creeps up. Uh, so to all our folks, I, I would implore you to look at some of the things that you, you makes you a little bit nervous or mm -hmm. outside your comfort zone and then work on those things when you don't have to work on those things. Yeah. Right. So when you need them, they're there. Right. But don't wait to the moment that you're in something that you want to pull from a uh, weaker part of you because you just haven't worked on it. Know, right. th know that you got what it takes to do what you need to do. You just got to work on it sometimes. So yeah. Yeah, help I mean, you be help help you um, gain more strength zones. I guess that's I right. Say. That's right. We all need them. So uh, people ask me a lot of times, say, "Hi, how was your day?" I say, "Hey, it was a great day." I say, "Some days are just a little more challenging than others." Right. I never say it's a bad day, right? Right. Because I don't want to speak that into existence. Just a little more challenging than others. So. No, I like that. I like that. And it makes you think about to uh, get that confidence and being able to attack situations. Is remember where you came from. Mm -hmm. Know all the things you've overcome thus far. I don't care if you're an 18 year old just coming to the service or, or you got a couple years under your belt like yourself, right? You've attacked challenges over your, over your times, whether it be in school, whether it be in this Air Force and from our, some of our DSGs out there too, right? In their, in their civilian mm -hmm. perspectives. Think about those things, levy on those things when you run into challenges and it should give you the confidence you need to get, get past whatever you're dealing with. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things, uh, you know, I express to uh, senior NCOs and um, always and just anybody that, hey, uh, as long as you got that confidence, you strive yourself because when you're in an environment, your team, they feed off you as a leader. You know, I listen to Colin Powell's one of the speeches. He was talking about, you know, as a leader, he said, if you're out there and you're cold, hey, you don't show that you're cold because everyone will feed off of that and go into that same thing. But you show them that strength that they can feed off of to complete the mission or keep that camaraderie there among the teams by based on you acting as you are a leader. You know, that's that fearless leader making those calculated decisions where they may feel a little more uncomfortable, but they still executing on it, you know, and everybody else feeds off of it. And that continues to move everyone down the field. I've seen that a few times. I've seen that at, at work and in training where a, a leader, a toxic leader can make or break the entire team just on their actions alone. Right. And it's, it's amazing how one simple change can just change the entire dynamic of a workplace. But it, if anything, it helps you reflect on that and learn, I don't want to exhibit those same behaviors. Mm -hmm. I want to learn and grow from that. I think bad leaders uh, at times are toxic leaders, right? Create different environments and, and people are fearful to speak up and also fearful to uh, maybe create change in that environment. But to your point, the bigger thing is that a lot of folks take from those situations. That's not what I'm going to be and what I'm going to do as a leader mm -hmm. as I go forward, which is it's a good takeaway, right? Like every situation is not going to be presented to us in a positive light, but we got to learn from some of the negative things that we go through too, and negative environments that we've come from to say that, hey, when I get in a position and I can make change, I'm going to do that. I'm going to create an environment that folks can come up and talk to me as their leader and not be fearful of reprisal or anything like that, right? We get, if we're a team, like Team 13, we're pretty candid with each other. Right. I mean, there's no save rounds. 
Uh, there's no meetings after the meeting. Right. It, it, it all comes out. I don't come out of any meetings wondering what, what my team thought of something. <laughs> that, that's for sure. Uh, but it's good. And it's all it's all done out of respect, uh, admiration, and love for one another as, as, as teammates uh, to get the job done. So that, that, that creates a fearless environment and it creates fearless leaders. Mm -hmm. What would you suggest for the young airman who, who's new to a work section, who wants to be that fearless leader, but has to deal with a toxic supervisor, someone that makes going to work difficult. How, how can they overcome and continue to strive to be that fearless, fearless leader? Well, I think a couple points on that. Number one, uh, I would analyze if, if I was that person, what's, what's truly difficult about me coming into work? Is it me interacting with that person? Is it the rule sets that are being put out there? Uh, et cetera. And just analyze, is it really that bad from that perspective? I think sometimes we got to put things in perspective. If we just look at one thing and we stare at it, I come into work and every time I come into work, my boss asks me what I'm doing for today. But that's the only bad thing that's going on. Then I really got to push that to the side and say, I don't like it. That's something I wouldn't do. But the, the other 99% of my day is pre pretty good. Right. So really evaluate uh, the situation, put things in perspective in regards to Hey, what you've dealt with in the past, what you really don't like, and how can you uh, put yourself in a position to get past it and be positive about it. And, and know that this is not, uh, you know, the, the end-all, be-all of their Air Force career. Don't let anybody dictate your environment to that, that point, right? You can always, uh, hopefully, eventually PCS, get another job, et cetera, but don't let it control you to the point that you don't want to do the job anymore. You don't want to show up to work anymore because... Uh, that's just giving somebody or an or environment to just too much power over you, I, I think, mm -hmm. a, as a person in general. Because you're always going to run into challenges, whether you're in the military or not, and environments that challenge you. Well, how do you deal with them? And, and I think the sooner you start really analyzing, hey, what's bothering me about this and trying to get past it, mm -hmm. uh, the better off you'll be as you continue to run into challenging, challenging environments and just challenging people as a whole. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, that reminded me of a quote uh, that I heard a speaker use, and I've used it a couple of times. It's, hey, don't let anyone, when you let someone define you, they confine you. Mm. I like that. Yeah. So um, that is a true thing. So we, we really got to, hey, still look outside of that and, like I say, evaluate what's the, the worst thing for the day. And let's, let's look at the percentage of it and see is it really a bad day. When I talk to folks sometimes, and you know, I'm walking through the halls and mm -hmm. I see somebody down, I'm like, what's going on? It's the end of the day. And it's something that happened at the, the beginning of the day, mm -hmm. right? An argument and or disagreement or just something just didn't go right. Maybe they, they didn't get into, they got into work late because traffic, family, kids, whatever the case may be. But I'm like, you can't let the, the whole day be ruined, right? Mm -hmm. Because of one thing. You got to, I like putting things in perspective and know that. Maybe that minute was ruined, ruin, 10 right. minutes, half an hour, but not the whole day. Not the whole day. Get past it and, and move forward and understand that was one thing that happened within your day. That doesn't define your whole day. Mm -hmm. Just like your mistakes don't define you as a person. Right. We got to learn to overcome things, get past them, and move forward. We're also talking about doing what is right and not what's easy. Can you think of a time you had to make that hard decision you know, to put paperwork in somebody or, or take the hit and understand that, yeah, I don't want to do that. I'm afraid of the consequences, but I've got to make this happen because it's the right thing to do. 
I think it was one, uh, one pivotal point in my career. Uh, new master sergeant. I got put in charge of a, a pretty high-vis program um, within South America. And we had a team that would go down and evaluate this program annually. It's a presidentially certified program. Uh, and, and the evaluation piece was uh, fairly, fairly uh, rudiment as it came down to doing, going down there, doing the exercise, evaluating the program, signing off, drafting the paperwork, and it, and it goes on, gets routed up the chain of command up to the president. He signs off in it uh, for the program to be executed for another year. Mm -hmm. uh, so we get down to where we're at, and we go through the evaluation progress process, and it just so happened we had a real-world wor event two weeks prior but we couldn't get the, uh, the video and audio to that particular event. And we saw what happened and with some egregious violations. Mm -hmm. uh, so just think about it from this perspective, high-vis program, high-vis people within leadership, both you know, DOD and, and uh, other government agencies down there to certify this program. It's supposed to go through and we find this one thing that's gonna probably stop it from being recertified. What do we do? So went to my uh, supervisor at the time, explaining what was going on, and he, he didn't want to go forward and, and, and share what was mm. going on. He just figured that it would be too detrimental to the program, wasn't the right time, and just, just, just fearful of the moment, which I understood. I mean, it was it's a lot riding on this particular thing. Uh, so he says that, and I was like, ah, that's just, hey, boss, that's not, that's not the right thing. We got, we got to push this forward. So kind of pushed his hand to do it, walked him over to uh, one of the senior individuals, uh, part of the team, and I explained what was going on. And I could see his frustration out of the corner of my eye, like, why are you explaining <laughs> this? But we had to get it out there. It was a pretty serious, egregious violation, and, and, and it can cost somebody their lives eventually in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. uh, so we explained what was going on. Long story short, a program got put on a pause for about a month until we had some training fixes and, and it resumed. Uh, big picture in the moment, uh, I know my supervisor was not happy with me and he wasn't happy with me for a while, um, but we got through it, we got over it, but it was the right call, right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And he even said it. And just, some, just because somebody expressed frustration with you at times, uh, you, can't, can't, you can't let that move you off what you're supposed to be doing. Right. right, like right. life's going to go on, whether he was going to be mad at me forever or not. That wasn't my decision point. The decision point was based off, hey, we got a program and what's going to keep people safe and what's going to keep it operating in the future. That's the decision point. Everything else is just fodder. And, and you, you can't, and as hard as it is sometimes, you, you, you can't give thought to it. You just can't. So I try not to think about things like that or repercussions or hey, what somebody might think of me for doing something right. Can you think of a time, Chief Williams, making that tough decision despite yeah. the fear it brought? Yes, um, that was uh, a time I was deployed. We had a unit come in and we had them prepped to go into an aircraft. Aircraft got counseled and another aircraft come in and we had other individuals standing by already prepped also to go on the aircraft and they was designated for that for that particular aircraft and you know um, of course everyone within the work center was saying hey well these people are really let's just go ahead and push them on there i said i said but it's not the right thing to do these other individuals have been working it's their designated aircraft they're going to go on this is the one we got to go it caused the team a little more work because they had to 
prep and get the get the uh, baggage pallet and stuff built for that aircraft. But you know that was the right thing to do for those individuals. They have been waiting for some days to travel on into theater into Iraq, and the other crew had just got there. The aircraft broke. That's just a part of it. You know, they wait until they get it fixed. But I could not push them ahead of the other individuals, other individuals that was out there. You talking about, you know, about uh, 50, 50 different soldiers that need to be war fighters out there on the line. So we got to think about that and what they're doing. Different type unit from the other unit, but we still got to do the right thing. Not, not do the thing that was just the easiest to do. And so that was one of the times. And at that time, hey, I was. Um, I was a uh, tech sergeant at the time, uh, but I was a NCO over there running that running that passenger terminal. You know, we was a small contingent with inside um, all army units that we was running. So you got different cultures, different words flying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we held our own, did the right thing, made it happen. How'd your team treat you afterwards? At that time, they was all emotional because it was more work they had to do. But once everything got calmed down, we got it processed, the other aircraft got fixed, those folks went out, you know, later on, everything worked itself out. But, uh, you know, sometimes the information, and we got to take emotions out of it, just like Chief Dent said, take calculated risks and make those calls because I need to get those warfighters there to help do some other things. Not that other group wasn't valuable, but their mission was totally different from those other warfighters. Yeah, because you can always circle back around on the emotional impact on something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, you got a problem at hand. We have to, we have to get it done. We get it done, but it's not to say that we we're not concerned about um, what somebody felt about the decision. We can talk about it, but the time to talk about it is not as we're actioning something, right? The time to talk about it is once we regroup and give them the why, and give them an opportunity to tell you know how they felt about that particular subject, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just can't do it then. Yeah, we got to be executing, you know, just kind of like that leadership principle that I read from uh, CZ. We got to execute. You know, if we got five minutes, got to execute in that five minutes, we, we're not going to gain 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You find yourself leading with this principle more in your professional life or in your personal life? Or is there like a balance between the two? I'm fearful at home. <laughs> <laughs> My Walking wife. on eggshells, huh? Yeah, I, my wife would get a kick out of that one. <laughs> no, but I think you got to do it both, right? It goes back to just being your authentic self. Um, you do always do it with dignity and respect, um, but you can't be afraid to have that conversation. You can't be afraid to tackle hard issues. You can't be afraid, whether it's my six-year-old son or my wife or all the airmen I'm, I'm blessed to lead, to have those tough conversations. And I go back to, I love, you got to give yourself grace. You're never going to say it you know, 100% right. The more you do it, the more comfortable you get mm-hmm. in those situations. But I think, you know, when I think about being a fearless leader, that's something that's a part of an individual that's carried over personally and professionally. Um, and don't be afraid to to be fearless and have those conversations and do what needs to be done. I remember examples of leadership in my past where they were fearless in the workplace, but home life was totally different. It may not be a facade, it's just a different environment, mm-hmm. but it does make you wonder, well, how can I translate you know, my, my workplace attitude to my home life or vice versa? I think because at work it's structure, right? I mean, we have rank, we have positions. Um, it's, it's a different culture. At home it could be structured, but it's not as structured as it is you know, wearing this uniform. 
And I think at, at home is the more challenging leadership environment any day. Yeah. My my son may listen to me and he, <laughs> and he may not. My wife has a vote in everything we do, right? So I think it makes you a more well-rounded leader because you have to compromise. You have to you have to talk differently. You have to have more understanding uh, with your family members than you do maybe in a workplace. But I think that, trans- that transitions back over to work and makes you a better leader, more effective leader, better listener. It's, it's, it becomes less about the rank and the position and you start operating a little bit like you do at home from the perspective of how you communicate, um, you know, how you listen a little bit more, uh, et cetera. So I think the home environment to me breeds you, it makes you a better leader from that perspective. Just, it's not a lot of rules around that thing, right? You just, you just kind of, kind of lean in, talk and, and go for it. So. It takes a lot of patience to raise a child significantly. Well, I, had a, I had a whole head of hair before I started <laughs> <listening>. <laughs> I had a whole head of hair. No, but it, it does. But it's a, it's a it's a good problem set, right? And it, it teaches you a little bit about yourself. I always joke around um, the ages between one through five and seventy five on up. If you can adopt the perspective of a of a five year old and the perspective of a seventy five year old, five year old, six year old, they're they're fearless. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna go do. You say mm-hmm. no, they say why not? I can do this right right that that courage that passion that drive you need to have that every day that 75 year old has a different perspective hey man i woke up this morning i'm happy right yes. so that thing that happened this morning i don't even remember what happened it doesn't matter i'm alive i'm happy i'm i'm, I'm willing to you know take on this day i live for monday th- monday through mm-hmm. monday and not just you know saturday and sunday right so just a different perspective of life and so if you take those two perspectives with the, the things you've learned already uh, within your lifespan, it just makes you a better human, a better leader, and you look at fear just totally differently. Yeah, it's a little something funny. I was uh, I was out one time, and it was this older gentleman there. He was he was ninety years old, and uh, I was we were having a conversation. It was he told me his age, and then um, uh, there was a a young man with me. He was like he was uh, about twenty one, twenty two, and. Uh, the old guy said, man, yeah, I'm, I'm 90 years old. And the young guy said, oh, man. He looked at him and said, man, I don't know if I want to uh, live to 90. He said, well, try 89 first. And <laughs> 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 right. Before talking that talk. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good perspective, too. It is. Yes. Yes. Is. Different perspective, you know. Um, but that's, that's, that's what makes us great. That's what makes make us unique to be those leaders that we need to be. You know, as we, um, you know, if I look back and I saw uh, Airman First Class Williams uh, many years ago, talking about leadership, the perspective and the idea I had then, couldn't fathom the position I'm in now and how I think. Because sometimes we don't know if we're gonna grow that much or expand that far. A lot of times I think that, um, you know, it's just the reality of us growing each day, each day through our different experiences and make us better individuals. Some things are inherent with, within us, but we got to work on that all the time to continue to, to build on it. Yeah, strengthen your values or at least be able to reflect on them and why they make you the way you are. That's right. Yeah. No, I agree. And taking time to reflect on, you know, who you are and how you got to be where you're at. Uh, gives you the confidence you need um, 
to take on different challenges and issues personally and professionally throughout your life. So hey, you asked a great question earlier about, you know, advice to a young airman. I mean, you got to you got to know yourself. You yeah. got to understand who you are, how you got to be where you're at and let that drive you forward. Like yeah. You've accomplished a lot thus far. Um, just raising your right hand and, and, and coming into the military says a lot about who that person is and their character. Don't dismiss that. Right. Lean on it and go for it. Well, you know, this is the final episode of a 13th principle out of 13 ways to lead. You know, I have my teammate here from Team 13. There is no better way to close it out. I want to remind everyone, hey, you can go back and listen to the other 12 episodes and, and move forward on this. And uh, this has been a great opportunity, great adventure, engaged a lot of people and communicated and touched a lot of individuals out there in our enterprise. So I'll just leave it with that. Thank you, Chief Williams and Chief Dent, for taking the time to speak to us about leading by being fearless. Be sure to follow the Air National Guard on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more of Team 13, follow the director of the Air National Guard on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in to the 13 Ways to Lead podcast, and stay tuned for more from the National Guard Bureau Public Affairs Office. From all of us here at the Air National Guard Podcast Network, have a great Air National Guard day. Team 13, out. 13 Ways to Lead is produced by Lieutenant Colonel Amber Schatz. Our editor and sound mixer is Master Sergeant Brandy Fowler. This episode is recorded at the Secretary of the Air Force Public Affairs Studios in the Pentagon. <laughs>